It was great to, uh, to come together and gospel choir, regular choir, thank you for the blessing uh, from, from Colossians. Uh, let the peace of Christ dwell, dwell richly. And then riding the chariot in the morning, uh, that's, that was great. Uh, you know, it's hard to sing a cappella. I don't know if y'all know that. You know, you know, John gives the note and off we go. And to be able to do that, you guys are phenomenal with that. And uh, I want to celebrate also with you that the young man directing, uh, David, uh, is this your first time directing there, David? Yeah. Oh man, fantastic, great. <laughs> David is one of our McKinster fellows here at the church. Uh, we have uh, three that are, are with our choir, uh, Catherine and Bridget and David, uh, and they you know, bring not only their gifts of music uh, to us uh, on Sunday mornings, but they also are, are being groomed in leadership, and so this is an opportunity for, for each of them to, uh, to direct and to grow, and we celebrate that, and we celebrate that ministry, and, and I also want to celebrate with you, uh, take an opportunity uh, that the benefactor of all this is in our back row this morning, Joanne McKinster, and Joanne, it's great to have you this morning. Joanne's 98th birthday was uh, just this last week, so uh, celebrate that. <laughs> great. Amen. Ride that chariot. That's great. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So it's so good to be together and, and so uh, good to, to celebrate uh, the goodness of God together. You know, this morning, uh, the, the one verse that Heather read obviously be a focal point uh, for not only um, for us this morning, but also leads us into the series that's ahead it's a series that we're, it's going to be our Lenten series, but we're leaning into it this morning. We're starting it a little bit early. It's based around the prayer of St. Francis. Uh, and it's a prayer entitled, Make Me an Instrument of Thy Peace. And as we come into it, we're going to come into it with the, um, with the uh, invitation, with the pronouncement that Jesus gives for those who would make that peace. And he says this to the crowd, and he says it to us, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the children of God. Jesus says there's a blessing, and it's a blessing for you. And it's a blessing for you as you step out and as you would share the peace that I would bring into your life, and you would share it with others in ways that you would, you would bring and make that peace wherever you find yourself and whoever you find yourself with. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be the children of God. And it's into that pronouncement of Christ that we're going to join together in this morning in reading the prayer. And the prayer is there in your bulletin. So I'm going to, it's on the insert in your bulletin. You can see it on the, on the back page. I'm just going to invite us to, to read the prayer together. As we come into our time this morning, the prayer of St. Francis. Let's join together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may no much, not much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born 
to eternal life. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. What we're going to do during Lent is, is kind of go through that prayer, kind of phrase by phrase, and, and ask that God would build that prayer into our lives, that we not be those instruments that God would have us to be and bring forward the peace of Christ. So let's bow, let's pray as we start today. Gracious God, we thank you always uh, for your word of truth, for the ways that it leads us forward in your light of love. And we ask this day that your spirit would move in ways that you would strengthen us to be those people of peace, those promoters of peace, that you would have us to be through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. There is kind of an oldie but goodie in terms of, of a poem that I want to start out with this morning. It's by Mary Brooke, uh, Myra Brooks Welch, and it's called Touch of the Master's Hand. And it goes like this. Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought, well, this is hardly worth my while to waste his time on the old violin but he held it up with a smile what am i good what am i bid good people he cried and who will start the bidding for me one dollar one dollar who will make it two two dollars who will make it three three dollars once Three dollars twice, going, going for three. But no, from the room far back, a gray-bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin, adjusting and tightening its strings, he played a melody so pure and so sweet as sweet as the angel sings. And the music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice as quiet and low, asked, what now am I bid for this old violin? And he held it aloft with its bow. One thousand, one thousand, do I hear two, two thousand, who will make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, going and gone, said he. And the audience cheered, but some of them cried. They said, we just don't understand what changed its worth. And swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a one with a life out of tune, all battered and broken with pain, is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and they travel on. They are going once, they are going twice, they are going and they are almost gone. But the master comes. And those in the crowd, they can never quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is worked by the touch of the master's hand. You know, sometimes life 
feels like that old violin. Sometimes what happens with life is it gets out of tune. Sometimes there is distress. There is dis-ease. There is disharmony. And you look at what's going on in your family, or you look at what's going on in your job, or you look at what's going on in the community, or you're looking at it, and you say, you know what, something is not right here. This is all out of tune. This is not the way it should be. You know? And sometimes what happens with life is that the dreams and the visions, they gave us passion, they gave us energy, that engaged us in life, sometimes those dreams, they get dusty. Sometimes they get rusty. And sometimes what happens in life is that like with a violin, you just pop a string. Sometimes things break, they snap. And that can be how life is sometimes, and you and I know that. And even beyond that, as the poem says, so often when that begins to happen, what then begins to evolve within us is that we lose sight. We lose sight of our worth. We lose sight of, of who we are, not only in our own eyes, but we lose sight of our worth in God's eyes. And so the question, what am I bid for the old violin? You know, you begin to look at your life and you say, you know what? <laughs> going once, going twice, you know? I mean, that's sometimes where we find ourselves in life. And the good news is, my friends, that's exactly where Jesus finds us in life. When you go to the Gospels, when you read the stories of Jesus, that's where Jesus finds people in life. That's where he found Zacchaeus, who was the, the wee little man who was just hated by his neighbors because he was an extortionist as a tax collector, and they wouldn't let him through to see Jesus. And so what he did, and you know the story, he had to climb a tree, and he had to go out on a limb to see the Christ. And you know the story about the woman at the well who came in the heat of the day, and the reason she had to come at the heat of the day is because she had had five husbands, and the guy that she was living with now was her sixth, and he was not her husband. And the stories about the blind and the lepers who are literally broken down on the side of the road so that when Jesus passes by on his journey, they have to cry out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. And that is the prayer that you see coming out of their mouths and out of their hearts. And the woman, the Samaritan woman, who had no place in the covenant of God, who even reminded Jesus that even the dogs can gather up the crumbs under the master's table. You see, what we find is we have a Savior who meets people at that place in life where we have lost sight of who we are in God's eyes, have lost sight of God's love for us. And at that place, Jesus comes in with his presence, and you see the change that the Master's hand works in each of those lives. And the commonality through each of those lives is that as Christ's presence comes into their life, he is their peace. He is the one who helps them into that place where they find healing, where they find help, where they find hope, 
where they find forgiveness, where they find purpose, where they find faith. He is the one who is their peace, his presence, their peace. My friends, the same promise is there for you and for me. His presence is our peace, is your peace. Because like I said, sometimes we lose sight of how valuable you are in God's eyes. You lose sight. I lose sight. Because of everything that's going on in our lives, we lose sight of how much God loves us. And Jesus comes into that place. And Jesus would open our eyes. And Jesus would open our hearts. And Jesus would enter in in ways that we would know again that his presence is our peace. The word peace in Hebrew is shalom. And shalom doesn't mean so much the absence of violence or the absence of distress or the absence of disease. Shalom is about wholeness. It is about harmony. It is about wellness. It is about completeness. It is about totality. It is about perfection. And as the Jews speak of that shalom, it reminds me of Romans 8.28, a favorite verse of mine and maybe of yours, where the the translation of the verse uh, in the RSV goes like this, in all things God is at work for good. In the midst of all things, God is at work for good. And then you come to the King James translation. Maybe you know this part of the translation says, all things work together for good. And and in my mind, I just kind of batch those two things together because when God, in in the midst of all things, when God is at work for good, then inevitably all things will work together for good. And that is the shalom. That is the peace. And Jesus' presence would bring that peace into our lives. And so as the choir sang for us this morning, the words of Colossians 3, and you ministered that beautifully, that prayer. But the peace of Christ dwell richly in your hearts that we would open up ourselves to that dwelling of peace knowing that it may not be what we feel sometimes in the circumstances of our lives, but knowing that that is God's gift in the circumstances of our lives. And so we continually open up ourselves to that blessing. And not only do we open up ourselves to that blessing, but then even as we are open to that blessing, what we begin to do then is we move from that place and we not only open, but we begin to offer that blessing of peace to others. We are open to receive And then we offer to give in ways that we begin to live into the call that Jesus brought forward for us today in the scripture in the Beatitudes. There's a blessing in that. There is a blessing for those who seek to to move forward with the wholeness and the the harmony and the goodwill and the well-being and decide to bring that into their relationships, decide to bring that into the lives that they share around with them because what they're deciding to do is not to, to base their response to people on what people offer them. What they're deciding to do is to base their response to people on what God offers to us. And so in Jesus Christ, as he brings his peace, whatever the world brings, whatever somebody else brings, that's not the issue. It's what Christ brings to you that you bring to others. Jesus invites us into that blessing. Blessed are those who give that gift. 
Blessed are those who are the peacemakers. And that's why we prayed the prayer, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, because there is a blessing there for you and there is a blessing there for others, that we might be instruments of God's peace. Now, let me share with you, in our living room at our home, we have a piano. And it is a mighty fine looking piano. It's a baby grand, it is a tickering. And I wanna tell you, it's the best piece of furniture that we have in our house. No, it's not the best piece of furniture we have in our house. It's one of the pieces of furniture that we have in our house. And the reason I call it a piece of furniture rather than an instrument is because it fills space and it looks nice. But you know what happens? It doesn't make music. <laughs> and it doesn't make music because nobody's playing it. That's why it doesn't make music. I want to tell you, friends, as Christians, we all have the capacity to make the music. We all have the capacity to bring the peace. Christ's presence in our lives is that capacity. But the question is not whether we have the capacity. The question is whether we will live into it. Whether it will be those people who take that and then begin to live it in our relationships with the people around us in all the circles in which we are engaged in ways that we are promoting what God is giving to us. That's how we be a peacemaker. That's how we become instruments. We make the music. But I do want to share with you, there is a time when, our, when the chickering does make music in our home. And that's the time when my two-year-old granddaughter comes to stay with us. Yeah, she's just a genius, of course, you know. <laughs> she, she walks and she talks and, and she's just adorable and I didn't put up her picture on the screen, that's all right, you know. Uh, but what happens is that when she comes, she goes over to the piano and she goes up and she sits on the bench and she puts her hands on the keyboard and she moves her fingers up and down on the keys. And what's, you know, she's not pounding on the keys to make sound she actually thinks she's playing the piano. And so she kind of moves her fingers around, she makes, you know, the sound comes out, and I tell you, I guess appreciation is all subjective, but to me it's the most beautiful music that I hear, you know? <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's beautiful because she has the heart to make the music. But let me tell you one other thing. When her playing really does become music, is when my dad, who is 93, comes and sits next to his great-granddaughter on that piano bench. And my dad is an accomplished musician. And when she plays, and when he puts his hands on those keys, and when they play that duet together, that is making music. It's music that will lift your soul. It's music that brings joy to your heart. Amen. It makes the music. And I want to tell you, friends, here's how this works with the peace. When you and I want to be instruments of peace, we don't have to be perfect at making peace. We don't have to be proficient at it. That is not the point. The point is to have the heart. Because the point is to know that when you and I move forward, 
to bring God's peace into any place that God would have us to promote that peace that the master is sitting right by us. The master is on the seat right next to us. And when you and I move forward to give that gift, the master makes the music. (laughs) The master always makes the music. It is the touch of the master's hand. Kent Nurburn has written a a little devotional book that goes along with the prayer of St. Francis. And, And in his opening chapter, he brings forward this vision. He says, God is like the master maestro. And the master maestro who conducts, who composes and conducts, knows how the symphony goes. And the symphony is the symphony of God's shalom. The symphony is the symphony of God's kingdom. And only God knows all of that and knows how that symphony comes forward. But what God does is God gives each and every one of us the instrument to play, the gifts he gives you, the people he gives you, the circumstances and the moments that he gives you. And when he gives us these, what's important for us is to step into those moments to step into those places and those relationships with all the people and to live his love, to give his love and to make his peace. And when you and I step forward to make his peace, what happens is the symphony, the symphony rises up and it happens with me, with y'all, you, with you, with you. I mean, we all do God's peace with all the people that God has given us to live his peace with. The symphony rises up. My friends, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your peace in our lives, which is brought by your presence in our lives, which goes beyond the peace. It's a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that goes beyond the circumstances, that is found in your Holy Spirit, by your love, who would open ourselves to that wherever we find ourselves in the journey of life knowing that that is the peace that we can then pursue and offer to others so strengthen us by your spirit to have that heart and to move forward in that will and to be the instruments you would have us to be in ways that would always be to your glory and the symphony of shalom would rise and it would be magnificent in and through Jesus Christ our Lord in whose name we pray Amen. Let us stand, join together, sing our closing hymn, uh, I Need Thee Every Hour. Let's sing together. <laughs>